Hello, and welcome to Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. So glad you joined me today. Each week in this podcast, I bring an interview with an outstanding guest. And today, my good friend from Colorado, Andrew Womack. Andrew, God bless you, and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Richard. It's always a blessing to be with you. I'm excited about getting to share. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I understand your ministry actually began on a little country and Western radio station down in Texas. Can you share about how you and your wife began this ministry? Well, you know, it's a long story, but the short version of it is I held a meeting in Childress, Texas and had about 30 people maximum come. And so I was shaking the dust off my feet and going to <laughs> place else. And in the night, the Lord woke me up and gave me a dream about uh, Moses and how when he first went down to Egypt, you know, it didn't work out good. And he had to go back and it took a while. And I said, but God, I held a meeting. If, if you wanted people to come, you'd have just brought them. And I was under the misconception that scripture in John uh, 12, 32, that says, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. I just preached the gospel correctly. And the Lord told me, he says, if they were spiritual enough to hear me go hear me say, go hear Andrew Womack at such and such a place tonight at seven o'clock. He says, if they were that spiritual, I wouldn't need you to minister to them. (laughs) The people are carnal. And so you got to reach them in some physical, natural way, and then I'll bear witness with it. And so that day I went out and started on a country and Western radio station. And that's when I started my radio ministry in 1976. Mm -hmm. And then you, your ministry was founded, but then you wound up moving from Texas out to Colorado. Now, how did that happen? That's quite a move from a Texas boy like you are. <laughs> I got there just as quickly as I could. <laughs> First time I ever went to Colorado, I said, I'm going to live there someday. And my wife, Jamie, was the same way before we ever got married. We both just loved Colorado. So we grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Every time that the Lord moved, if it, if it was towards Colorado, we figured that was God. We wound up in Colorado. And, you know, it was kind of strange because we wound up in Pritchett, Colorado. You've probably never seen that place. No, I have never, not even heard of it. It's 144 people. That's what it was when we moved there. Now it's down to about 20 people. It's nothing. And uh, we moved there, but it's in the eastern part of Colorado. It's flat. There isn't a tree in the entire county except planted around a house. Mm-hmm. When we got to Pritchett, I thought, Lord, you know this wasn't the Colorado we were talking about. So we stayed there for two years, and then we moved to the Colorado Springs area, and it's just beautiful. We love it here. Now, is that when you when you moved up to Winter Park, up into the mountains? Well, we're in Woodland Park, not Winter Park. Winter Park. That's- I beg your pardon. Yeah, but Woodland Park, uh, we moved to Colorado Springs, actually, and we our, our ministry was headquartered there until from 1980 until 2014 or 2017. And that's where our ministry was headquartered, but we bought property in Woodland Park for our Bible college. And in 2017, we moved the whole ministry that carries Bible college and Andrew Womack Ministries up to Woodland Park and have about uh, 493 acres there and God is really doing something special. Well, I remember very well a couple of years ago coming up there uh, to the ministry, you were in the process of building that new building, which you took me on a tour of. Building wasn't finished yet. You took me on a tour and I spoke at one of your conferences there and it was packed out 
And of course, you have the Cheris Bible College there. Now, Andrew, that um, Cheris Bible College came along, what, in the 90s? 94 is when I started that. The Lord spoke to me in 93 when I was over in England about it. And I came back and started it in 94. So we're now into our 27th year, I think it is. What do you think, uh, what do you think uh, caused you? What was the reason for starting the school? Was there, a, was there a call of God? Was there a need or was it a combination of both? Well, you know, Richard, when I first got really touched by the Lord, I just started witnessing to everything that moved. And I thought I was going to be an evangelist. And I, I led many people through the sinner's prayer, but I'd go back later and there was no growth. There was, if I hadn't been the one who led them in the prayer, I wouldn't have believed that they were even saved. And so I began to pray about it. And the Lord uh, led me into being a teacher to the body of Christ. So my whole ministry has always been about trying to make disciples, not just converts. And this has been my heart. And um, anyway, there were many times I was frustrated about not being able to really impact people in an in-depth way. And when I was in England in 93, I heard a man say that if you aren't raising up somebody that can do at least what you're doing, then you're ultimately a failure. Yes. And boy, that just struck me. And I thought, God, this is what I've been trying to do. How do I do it? And I mean, in one day's time, he spoke to me and gave me a plan about doing Bible college. And of course, you know, you've been associated with, uh, you know, a Bible college and you, you've seen the fruit of that. And uh, God just showed me that this is the way that he wanted me to start impacting people on a deeper level. And so that's when we started the Bible college uh, that very day. Now, tell me about what's happening at Cheris Bible College now. What's, what's the enrollment? Uh, what, what are the students doing? What are the graduates doing? Uh, is it actually happening the way you envisioned? Well, you know, it it's needs to grow. I'm always looking for more, but we are seeing some great things. We have about, during this COVID year, uh, we dropped down from 800 that were at our main campus down to about 700. Worldwide, we have about, um, I think it's 8,000 people that are involved. We have 60 campuses worldwide. And um, so altogether, we're reaching about 8,000 people at any one time. We have about eight to 9,000 graduates. And just uh, yesterday morning, I got an email from some of our graduates that are in Vietnam, and they have a great ministry going there, ministering to hundreds of people. And the uh, Baptist church, the denomination in uh, Vietnam just uh, banned them and listed me as a cult and told them that they were <laughs> supposed to disagree. So we've got people all over the world. And I mean, there's some great, great things happening. India, yeah. I think five Bible colleges there, and they're seeing real revival. Uh, we've got people in Hong Kong, South Africa, Uganda, all across Europe, uh, Indonesia. Uh, we've got uh, 2,000 people over there in Indonesia we're ministering to. So God has made it really a worldwide ministry. Well, I like to tell people that Andrew and his ministry is not a cult. <laughs> they are a Bible-based, Holy Spirit-filled, healing, a Jesus-touching, believing ministry. And I, I believe in you 100%, Andrew. My wife and I watch you on television, and we watch you online, and you have been a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Now, I actually got to know you some years ago through Creflo Dollar and through Kenneth Copeland. And I know that they are great friends of yours. And I thank God for that, 
word of faith outreach that is all over the world. Yeah, I met you at Creflo's uh, place. You were speaking there, and we visited in the green room, and so that's when I invited you to come to our place, and you helped us hold a healing uh, is here conference is what we call it. Yes. This every year, and you were one of our first speakers at that, and I tell you, we saw a lot of miracles happen. And, of course, well, I go to Copeland's meeting every year, and you've been speaking at that uh, the last few years, and just, man, it's awesome to see how God is using you and you know, we're all in the same thing, and, and praise God, people's lives are being changed. Well, and, and there's no competition either. I'm for you, no, you're for me, we're for each other, and I thank God Amen. for that. You mentioned India a moment ago. Of course, India uh, is uh, big on my heart. I've been going there for some years now, ministering to, uh, to pastors who are in areas where there is no internet. And uh, I think in the last uh, three years, I've laid hands on almost 5,000 Indian pastors. And these are pastors who are from villages. They're up in the mountains. They're in the jungles. They're uh, in the bush. And they have no, no resources. They have no internet capacity. And I've been uh, ministering to them, giving them a tablet from our ministry with some 20,000 pages of resources. And uh, so you, you really spark, uh, spark my interest and my heart uh, when you mentioned going to India, I was just on the phone a few moments ago with a man who's helping uh, seminaries there. So India seems to be a place that right now is really on God's heart. And there's an openness there, and I know you must feel that as well. Well, I've been to India, but it was back in 1980. The guy who was running our ministry over there tried to have a crusade and had me come in to hold a crusade, and that marked me. And uh, they now won't allow me back into India. I may have to use you uh, <laughs> in the India. Maybe I can go with you sometime. Well, That'd be great. Maybe we can work that out. Uh, uh, Andrew, tell me a little bit about your family and uh, what's going on in the ministry right now. Well, I'm married to Jamie. She's my wife. We've been married for 40, uh, 49 years this year. And boy, she's a blessing. I put her through the ringer uh, and she's it all. I've got two boys. And they live in Colorado Springs, close to us. And then I've got one granddaughter. She just turned 19 years old. And Richard, one thing I'd like to share, and I don't, I haven't shared this with you, but I think this would bless you and these people that are watching, that I was uh, in Oklahoma City on March the 5th, and one of our uh, Karis students was holding a meeting there. And I was just so blessed. They started with 800 people. It took me 30 years to get to where I could draw 800 people. And here they are beginning with 800 people. And I was just praising God and thanking the Lord during the praise service. And the Lord spoke to me during that praise service. And he said, there are people right here in this auditorium that in the future will be telling the young people of their generation what it was like to be a part of the third great awakening. And said that, man, I thought, God, are you saying that we will have a third great awakening? And, you know, I've been praying for this, working for my whole life, as you have, your dad, and just, you know, so many people. But there's conditions on that second Chronicle 714 that his people have to humble themselves, pray and seek his face. And I just didn't know if we had met the conditions. So, I was saying, Lord, are we going to have a third great awakening? And he spoke to me real clearly, and he said, no, it's not coming. It's already here. It has begun. And I tell you, it did something for me because, like I said, we've been working towards this, but, you know, we see so much bad happening 
in our nation. And that's really the only reports we have is all the negative stuff. But I believe I've got a word from the Lord that he has heard the prayers of his people and he's moving. And I believe we are seeing a revival that will, you know, be like the first and the second great awakening in this thing. It's going to be the third great awakening. I'm really excited about that. Well, I want to confirm what you're saying. I have been believing and feeling the same thing. I believe that we are in a fresh new move of the Holy Spirit, and I believe it has to come. I don't believe that God is going to allow what's been happening in our country to continue very long without Him moving. For when where, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. And I believe there is a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. I was just recently up in Iowa ministering, and there was a powerful move, stronger than I've ever seen uh, in the last few years. And so I confirm exactly what you're saying. Uh, Andrew, can you share a a little bit about some of those who have had influence on you in your life and ministry, uh, mentors to you? Well, you know, uh, the Lord has used a lot of people. There's this man, Joe Nay. I don't know if you ever heard of him. But he was in my Baptist church, and this guy got turned on to the Lord. He had been a drunk, uh, and um, anyway, he was a member of the church, but he certainly wasn't born again. And he had an experience with the Lord, got caught up into heaven, and he just became so alive that me and some of my friends, we decided we were going to go visit this guy. So we looked on the church rolls, got his address, went over and knocked on his door. This is when I was 18 years old. And uh, we just said we were from the church. He invited us in. We went to the refrigerator, found the pie that his wife had made. It was his birthday, and we ate the whole thing. (laughs) And he started telling us about what had happened to him. And he even described these four creatures that he saw in this vision. And it was right out of the book of Revelation. He didn't even know the word. I turned over and read these things to him. And he says, those are those creatures that I saw. And it put a hunger on the inside of me. And through that, Joe Nay became my very first mentor. That's where I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This was Baptist church. And so he was radical. We both got kicked out of the Baptist church over that. And he was a great mentor to me. And he actually was associated with Kenneth Copeland for a while. And he's the one that introduced me to the word of faith uh, movement. And so he was one of the main influences, and he just died last year in June of last year, and I was privileged to go do his funeral. He was 20 years older than me. I tell you, he just, you know, God's always put me with these radical people. Like, <laughs> I'm so calm. You know, I just sit and talk, and people think that, man, you can't be anointed, but I guess I need the radical people that are a little bit more excited than I am. And God's always put me with them. And I've had some great people in my life. Well, you may be sitting down, but there's a tall anointing on you. (laughs) And I I thank God for that. Uh, Can you share a little bit about uh, some of the experiences you've been through that have taught you how to be what you're doing today? Or is there anything that you wish you had known then that you know now? Well, I wished I knew a lot of stuff back then. But, you know, I've had people ask me this question before. I did the very best with what I had, my love and commitment to the Lord. I'm not sure that I, if I was to go back to when I was young, I'm not sure that I could reproduce the things I did. You know, let me just share an instance with you. I was reminded of this recently because a guy wrote a book. Uh, He was in my Vietnam uh, group. He was in my uh, battalion and he wrote a book and gave it to me, and, and it's refreshed my memory. 
But when I was in Vietnam, I was just so in love with the Lord. I had been caught up into heaven, 1968, March the 23rd. Uh, yesterday was my 53rd anniversary of that happening. And I just had God reveal his love to me. And then nearly immediately, I was drafted, sent to Vietnam. And in Vietnam, I was just so in love with the Lord and seeking the Lord that I was praying and asking for him just to take me home, to kill me, get me out of here. Not because of things being so bad, but because I just loved him so much, I figured I couldn't experience uh, what I wanted here on this earth. And anyway, we got into a situation where I was a chaplain's assistant, and we went out basically to give the last rites to these troops right before they were overrun. And we were in a very small area that took in a hundred and something mortar rounds in just a few hours. We were there. You you could see the muzzle fire from the Vietnamese coming up the hill. And um, you know, this is amazing, but I remember clearly that I was so excited thinking, Jesus, I could see you before the day is over. And I was just praising God and thinking about this is wonderful. I could get killed and go to be with the Lord real quickly. And then as I was, had my gun pointed down the hill at the Vietnamese, uh, I got to thinking about them and praying for them and saying, God, I know where I'm going, but what about these Vietnamese? Yeah. And I just had the love of God flowing through me. And Richard, I look back at that. You know, the reason I share that is because you were saying, was there something I'd do differently? Well, I didn't know very much, but man, I knew God and I loved God. And because of that, I'm not sure that if you put me back in that situation today, that I would have that same response. The love of God was just so real with me that, uh, man, I wouldn't go back and, and change a thing, really. Well, I enjoyed what God has done in my life. It's been awesome. Well, praise God for that. Praise God. What's next for you? What's next in your ministry? What do you have on the horizon? Well, we Cares Bible College, I believe, is going to be the long-term thing that I'll be behind. You know, each one of us have an expiration date. And so I'm, I'm turning 72 here in just a couple of weeks. And we're looking to raise up other people. And we now have this campus in Woodland Park that could accommodate uh, 4,000 people. We don't have the student housing yet, but we have the facilities for 4,000 people. So that's what's really on my horizon right now. I'm trying to build out this campus. I'm wanting to leave it completely debt-free and turn it over to people. And so I've built, um, I think it's $120 million worth of buildings in nine years and debt-free. And we, pro I probably still have 100 to $200 million worth of buildings left in me. So that's kind of where I am. We're still expanding our television uh, ministry. I'm adding additional stations. We basically are on every network and on every individual station, but now I'm getting multiple times on those stations. So we're still reaching out further, but we're trying to solidify and build out this Karis Bible College campus. Well, as I hear you talk, I can see the future in you, and I praise God for that and, and for your, your evangelistic outreach, which is geared toward meeting people's needs. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you didn't meet the Lord uh, in Vietnam, but you're still alive today. You will meet him, and so will I. But thank God it didn't happen in Vietnam. Yeah, I'm thankful, too, because God <laughs> has done just awesome things. And, you know, during this time that I've been reflecting on this 53 
53rd year anniversary, I've just been thinking back, and, and Richard, it's miraculous what God has done. And, you know, I see the same thing in you. I mean, you and I, I'm not trying to disparage you in any way. I, I respect you. But for me, I am the least likely person that God would have ever picked. I've often said that if I was God, I wouldn't have chosen me. And yet God has just blessed me. We reach billions. We reach over half of the world's population with the daily television program. And there's just no reason for this. I'm a hick from Texas. And <laughs> like I was saying earlier, I'm, I'm bland. I just had someone tell me yesterday that the first time they saw me on television, they flipped right on by thinking this guy can't be annoyed. <laughs> God has blessed me and we're just seeing great things happen. I'm just, I'm really, really thankful. for what you've done. Well, the, the Bible says he takes the things that the world calls foolish and he uses them to confound the wise. And I, I understand what you mean because I, I was the last person on earth that anyone thought would ever go into the ministry. I was too busy playing ball, playing football, baseball, basketball, golf, tennis, any, any sport you could name. And I wanted to be a nightclub entertainer. I was on my way to Las Vegas to sign a contract with the Sahara Hotel when I got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit on the same day. And I was the last person that my father ever thought would follow in his footsteps. As a matter of fact, uh, when he was looking for a president of the university in, 19, uh, in the early 90s, he went to four other men. I was choice number five, but I did better than David did now. David had seven brothers. So I did better than David did. But it's amazing that God takes the most unlikely and uses them. And I'm grateful, like like you are, I'm grateful to God that he's using me. I'm a year older than you. I'll be 73 this coming fall. And I feel like I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm I'm ready to start fresh and new. And I know that you are too. You know, that's so. the way with me. We just had our board meeting, our yearly board meeting. And I mean, it is phenomenal. During 2020, we grew more than we ever had. We have seen an increase in every single area. And we've got some things coming up that the Lord has laid on my heart that actually could take the ministry to a whole new level. So I feel like I'm just getting started. Well, I feel the same way. And uh, it's not just not, not a matter of being revitalized, it's being energized for the future. And I praise God for that. Andrew, there are those that are watching right now who have needs in their lives. They are in need of prayer. Some who don't know the Lord, some who need healing in their bodies and in other areas. Would you just pray the prayer of faith? Because I know your prayers are very important in people's lives. So would you pray right now? And let me just say to you that, you know, like Richard and I have been saying, it's not based on who you are. It's who you know. And if you will just make yourself available to God, he loves you and wants to use you and change your life more than you want it. I can guarantee you that. So Father Richard and I just pray and we agree with all of these people viewing this broadcast. And Father, I know that you love them. I know that you gave your son and that he bore everything physically, emotionally, financially, everything that we need. He became poor so that we could be made rich. Father, I know that you love them, and I just pray right now that you open up people's hearts and help them somehow take these words that Richard and I are saying and use them to open up these hearts to your love, that they would just receive it. And Father, we release healing towards them. We release revelation of your will and your knowledge for what 
you want for them. Richard and I put ourselves in agreement and release this anointing towards these people right now in Jesus' name. And we speak healings. Richard, I know you operate a lot in the word of knowledge. I just believe right now that healings are taking place in people all over the world as they view this. And Father, we thank you that you are faithful and we believe that lives are being touched right now. They'll never be the same in the mighty name of Jesus. And I set my faith in agreement with Andrew's prayer. I know there is no distance in prayer. God's right here where I am in Oklahoma. God is right there in Colorado where Andrew is. And he's also right there where you are. And so I set my faith with his prayer in an agreement. And the Bible says, if two shall agree on earth, as concerning anything that they shall ask, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. So I set my faith with the word of God. I rebuke every satanic attack that has come against you. I bind it in the name of Jesus. And I remind you, the word of God says, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. So I bind Satan's power and I loose God's power into your life right now in the authority of Jesus' name. I pray for healing in your mind, in your body, in your family, in your finances, in every area of your life, from your head to your feet, in the authority of Jesus' name. I pray over you today. I believe God for you, and I agree with Andrew. I'm not coming out of this agreement until the miracle comes into your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad you're able to be with us today. Andrew, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Well, thank you, Richard, and I sure appreciate you and what you're doing, man. It's encouraging. Well, you're encouraging me by what you're doing in Colorado up there in the mountains. God bless you, and thank you for watching Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. I'll be back next week with another outstanding guest. I'll see you next time. This Expect a Miracle podcast with Richard Roberts is supported by the donations of the friends and partners of Oral Roberts Ministries. If you would like to support this or other outreaches of this ministry, please go to oralroberts.com. We believe when you give to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, your giving will be abundantly multiplied back to you according to God's word in Luke 6, 38.